Hi, welcome to another episode of Auto Service World Conversations. I'm Peter Bulmer, owner of Cars Magazine and Jobber News. This is a podcast dedicated to exploring issues facing today's Canadian aftermarket professionals, sponsored by SiriusXM Canada. SiriusXM is making it possible to offer your customers three months of free satellite radio. Go to SiriusXM.ca slash four shops for details. Welcome to another episode of Auto Service World Conversations. As always, I'm your host, Peter Bulmer, and today I'm joined by James Fraser, the General Manager of the Electrical Safety Authority. James, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Peter. Thanks for having me. It's my absolute pleasure. Before we get diving into this too much, uh, can you just give our listeners a little bit of context of who you are, what your background is, and why you're on the podcast today? Yes, so I'm the general manager for the Electrical Safety Authority, and we are currently the regulator in Ontario for all the electrical installations of electrical products throughout the province. And today we wanted to speak about EV charging because that is certainly a very popular topic and there's a lot of these EV charger systems being installed. And we want to be sure that people do it correctly and uh, want to do it in a code compliant and a safe manner so that everything works as it's supposed to. When you're seeing unsafe charger installations, can you give me a couple examples of what might make that unsafe? Or can you kind of describe a scenario where somebody might be doing an installation that could be considered unsafe? Yeah, so we've seen a variety of unsafe EV charger installations where people would be running a charge cord across the sidewalk, or sometimes they would be feeding the charger from, they would plug it into a stove outlet in their house and then run it through an open window out to the charger outside. We might think that's ridiculous, but people will do anything to try to get some electrons into their battery. And uh, it's both dangerous for them and their family, but it's also something that's just plain unsafe and we want to make sure that people install these in a safe manner. Understandably. Yeah, that's kind of what we uh, adoringly refer to as redneck engineering. Now, let me ask you something, James. So obviously electric cars or hybrids are a lot more expensive or decreasingly so, but they still are more expensive than an internal combustion engine vehicle. So for my, I guess, curiosity, if the consumer is, you know, investing in this expensive vehicle, why are they looking for a shortcut, a potentially unsafe shortcut when it comes to charging up the battery? Well, most EV owners are, you know, they they are very interested in their vehicles and they've done the research on their vehicles, but they're, they don't intend to put in these installations improperly or unsafely. They're they're just simply unaware of how to do it correctly or how it's supposed to be done correctly. And so I don't blame the EV owners because EV ownership and charger installation is fairly new for most Canadians. And so we want to ensure as the electrical safety authority that the installations are done correctly and that people use certified products and that they hire a licensed contractor to do their work and then they get the work inspected because there's a notification to be filed with ESA and they ask the contractor for a certificate of acceptance. And 
those simple steps are to us, they're routine, but maybe for EV owners, they're just not aware of how this is to be done. And so that's why we were having opportunities like today to educate people. Yeah. Now, how does the ESA actually verify that this was done correctly? Like, do you go on site or like, what's the mechanism for, for doing the verification? Yes. So we actually will perform an inspection on site. So our inspectors get the a notification in their system when the contractor takes out the permit or takes out the notification. And when the inspector comes to the site, they typically will meet the contractor there or there will be arrangements made with the homeowner to ensure that they get a chance to look at the panel and look at the wiring and the, uh, the rating on the charger so that it's wired to the nameplate rating, the actual um, nameplate rating of the actual charger. And then after the inspection is completed, and if there were any defects, the defects would have to be corrected. What happens then is that the inspector will pass it and pass the notification, and then a certificate of acceptance is issued to the contractor who put the charger in. And we want to be sure that the homeowner asks the contractor for a copy of that certificate of acceptance so they can show it to their insurance company or have it on file if the house is ever sold to show that the work was done in a code compliant manner. Right. Now, let's pivot for a sec because the majority of our listeners are going to be working in a shop setting. So as repair shops are starting to install their own charging installations what what kind of things should they be keeping in mind what's sort of different from a consumer perspective versus like a business right so most repair shops or dealerships will want to have a charger an ev charger available for their customers and that uh, level two or level three charger is something that they should be installing with the considerations being how much load can the existing electrical service at their facility handle. And so we ask uh, that they do what is called a load calculation on the service, and it can be done through either an engineer or an electrical contractor, a licensed electrical contractor. They can do that load calculation. And then they can then install a charger or sometimes multiple chargers on the service, depending if they have to upgrade it or not. And there's also systems called load management systems that will allow for multiple vehicles to be charged at the same time on the existing circuit. And these systems are designed to be able to ensure that the vehicle that needs the most charge or that the battery's depleted more, gets the charge first, and then other um, ones get charged at a lower rate. And the work for this is all done through a licensed electrical contractor. And again, we always ask that they obtain a certificate of acceptance of the installation to ensure that it's uh, accepted and meets code. Can you walk us through the different levels of chargers? Oh, absolutely. So a level one charger is typically a 120 volt rated charger that comes with the vehicle and is usually designed for 
uh, very slow charging and it's usually for what we would call emergency use where the vehicle is depleted and they need to charge it at home and they don't have a level two charger installed. And these chargers will require a dedicated circuit that is rated to be able to handle that continuous load because the charging of an EV is not like your stove where it it cycles on and off. This is a continuous charge or continuous current that's flowing on that circuit. So the circuit has to be rated for that continuous load on it. And we would typically recommend that they install a 20 amp rated dedicated circuit for connecting to a level one charger. A level two charger is a fast charge and it operates typically at either 208 or 240 volt for consumers. And these can be installed in your home. And this circuit is either a 40 or a 50 amp circuit. And um, sometimes we've even seen 80 amp circuits, but they're designed again to be able to charge at a, a lot faster rate. So a level one charger would take between 12 and 14 hours to charge the car, whereas a level two charger could do it within um, maybe two to four hours, depending on the the amount of charge needed. And the level two charger is very common for people to install them in their homes and will allow for a faster charge of their batteries. Level three chargers are designed for commercial use only and are typically DC rated for very fast charge. And we've seen level three chargers that can charge a whole charger battery within less than half an hour and can meet the the higher rates of um, the charging rate very high. It uses DC as a way of being able to ensure that the charge happens very quickly. Bird, that was a great explanation, thank you. Not to carry this on all day, but I do have another question for you, specifically as it relates to shops, but you can kind of talk about the consumer angle as well. What are some consequences of improperly installed charging units? So like, I guess, what are the worst case scenarios? Yeah, so an improperly installed uh, EV charger can lead to damage in your electrical panel specifically on the circuit or the breaker that's feeding that particular charger. We've seen this where a battery was being, the car was being charged uh, from a panel, but the circuit was not rated properly for it. And it literally turned the breaker into charcoal. It was, it was like one step away from a fire. And that's worst case scenario. We don't you know, we don't see it very often, but the reality is an electrical fire could damage your property and, or possibly hurt someone. So we deem that to be a real significant hazard. That's why we want people to install the chargers correctly. Uh, typically, homeowners are not the issue. It's most uh, mostly the contractor, the unlicensed contractors or handymen where the problem lies. And we have the tools in place to be able to prosecute with fines up to $50,000 a year in jail, but that's kind of last resort. We prefer to educate people and 
we want to make sure that the chargers that are being installed are installed safely the first time so that they both save money and eliminate the hazard down the line. And that applies to any electrical installation. It doesn't matter if you're renovating your basement or adding a new bathroom or kitchen. It's the same thing. It's all electrical work should be inspected to ensure that it meets code. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, something else kind of crossed my mind. What's the capacity that ESA has to handle these inspections? Because I imagine, I mean, there's thousands and thousands of these charging install installs going on. That that's gotta be quite a you know, burden of work on your end, no? Well, um, we want to see all of them. So, um, yes, you're correct. There are a significant number of these being installed, and we have the staff and the capability to be able to inspect all of them. Now, when we work with licensed electrical contractors who have a very low defect rating, we're able to sometimes audit their work. But when it comes to an EV charger, because of the importance of this type of installation, we want to see it and we want to ensure that the installation meets code. And our inspectors are out there every day and I've got a team of uh, about 56 inspectors in the metro area and we're inspecting every single day and we would love to be able to see the installations and we just want people to take out that notification and use uh, licensed electrical contractors for their work. And if people are looking where to find a licensed contractor, they can go to our website at esasafe.com under find a contractor tab. And we want people to do it right the first time. Well, you just took my next question out of my mouth on how to get in touch. <laughs> but uh, before I let you go, James, is there any parting words for our listeners that you want to get out there? Well, we encourage people to get the electrical work inspected for their EV chargers. And if you can't find that certificate of inspection or you're concerned that possibly maybe the work was done not up to code uh, beforehand and it's been around for a while, you can still call us and we're still more than happy to come and have a look at it to make sure that the work is done correctly. And we will always want the person who did the work to take out the notification but we are always willing to provide advice to homeowners or vehicle owners with respect to the correct way to have these installed. And please feel free to contact us. ESAsafe.com is our website, and we are you know, in business to ensure that everybody in Ontario is able to work, live, and play in a safe manner. Very well said. James, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Peter. It's been great talking to you and have a great, uh, great afternoon or a great day, whatever you, wherever you are. <laughs> Thanks so much, James. And that's going to take us for another episode of Auto Service World Conversations. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. This has been another episode of Auto Service World Conversations with your host, Peter Bowler. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. And thank you, as always, to SiriusXM Canada for being our title sponsor.